Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're having a new show we're starting this week called One Last Thing. I'm joined each week by Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Ken. How are you? I, I can't complain. To talk about one topic that is lingering in the Raven sphere. Uh, and this week, we've got, unfortunately, a timely topic. Uh, what do the Ravens do about their cornerback situation? With the loss of Mar- Marlon Humphrey, uh, not known exactly when he'll be back. The thought is he'll be out at least a month. Um, but uh, Harbaugh has assured us it's not a long-term injury. Um, I always get a little worried about that. How about you, Slava? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I try to cut cut him a little slack, you know, here and there. But uh, you know, you can't you can't um, help but think back to Bashad Perriman as like the worst case scenario, uh, in, in in one of those situations. So. You know, hoping for the best. Yeah. So Harbaugh was the first to address it from the Ravens, and that's that is the way. By the way, Harbaugh doesn't want anybody else talking about injuries. Um, Tucker even had a little funny joke when he was at the podium about that recently. He said, "You're not asking me to comment on injury instead of Coach Harbaugh, are you?" And uh, anyway, the Harbaugh obviously is trying to protect the Ravens in terms of uh, how other teams game plan for them. Uh, they don't want information going out to the last possible minute. They've they've been um, good, generally speaking, about protecting injury information. Uh, I think I think I'm very positive on it as a fan. It could be frustrating as a reporter sometimes trying to get that information, but I do understand what the game is here that they're trying to play. And I also understand that John Harbour is going to tell us a lot of things, and there's a lot of reason for them not to be true occasionally. Yeah, there's no there's no need to give the um, opposing team an edge, however slight. Uh, so I think that's all there is to to say about that. Right. So uh, anyway, the the Ravens now without Humphrey, uh, the injuries uh, down the roster are deeper than that. Rock Yasin uh, still out. Demarion Williams has a fairly serious problem. Don't know when he's going to be back during the season, if at all. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis did come back to practice today. Uh, but Arthur Mollette is, uh, has been out for a while, and he still is. Um, and uh, he was a guy the Ravens had hoped. And that leaves them with a fairly short list of guys on the roster right now. Uh, so I'm going to just talk through these guys, and maybe we can talk about, of our current players, kind of how would you rank these guys? But uh, they have now Jalen Armour Davis, back at practice again today, uh, Caillou Kelly, uh, who was just drafted in the fifth round. Tay Hayes, who they picked up off waivers just a few days ago. Uh, I've seen him only play a few snaps uh, so far. Brandon Stevens, who, a guy we certainly want to talk a little bit about. Uh, Kayvon Seymour, who started the game this last week and played three quarters uh, at outside corner. 
They have Ardarius Washington, who appears now to have the, is is getting all the snaps with the number one uh, defense in the slot right now. Don't know if that'll stick when people come back, but it certainly appears like it might. Uh, Jeremy Lucian, who they moved to safety, so I, I think he's probably out of the cornerback discussion at this point. But who knows? Um, they have Jordan Swan, who uh, had some difficulty in that first preseason game. We can talk about him. Corey Mayfield. Uh, who had a couple interceptions in Lamar Jackson's uh, and the rest of the quarterback's nine interception game. Daryl Worley, who has played only safety, but certainly has played cornerback in, in his career primarily. Um, that is it. Uh, you, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson also just joined the team. He's really been used at safety in this first uh, few days at camp. I think that's where he stays. Um, but anyway, a, uh, a not – Terribly encouraging group of players from which the Ravens need to find three cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it seems like the logical top three options at corner are um, um, Seymour, Stevens, and uh, probably honestly Worley, just because he has that experience, even though he's been playing safety uh, and, you know, he quitted himself quite nicely in the preseason game, but it, it really seems like those three would be the, the, the top available options. They have experience, they have live fire, and they each of them has done things that you would expect that they could log some sort of sort of competent, you know, average NFL play, which is I think what we're looking for at this point. Yeah, I'd include Washington in that group. I think he's the he's the guy in the slot they have who's a little bit ahead. I, I and then after that, you're really rolling the dice on anybody else. I think that uh, uh, you know you're 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 down there. But a player who's been brought up is, of course, Kyle Hamilton. Is do you in the team's hour of greatest need move him back from safety where you're trying to establish him as a, as one of the superstars in the league? Back to slot corner where he performed so well last year. Yeah, my my initial instinct is that you absolutely make that move be, because I, I think it I think it does a, a couple of things, right? Number one, the, the slot corner then you know is covered, right? And that's important. But also you want to put as many people who are not variables, <laughs> you know, on, on the backfield as you can. Communication is going to be paramount. You know, people who, you know, all of a sudden Marlon's not going to be there communicating with the safeties, right? So like you need as much communication and experience and just talent level that you can get on there. Um, so whether, you know, what, you know, that might mean, you know, Hamilton to the slot, that might mean playing more dime, that might mean, you know, there are a lot of different things that you're going to do to to sort of try to mitigate this loss. Yeah, they they have to make other sacrifices in order to play dimes. So it's not impossible that they could go to a 32 dime say, but I don't think they're taking two inside linebackers off the field. I think they're going to they, they're committed nickel. So what it means is that yeah, they could play. They did actually play some 32 dime in in 2021 for the first time in 20 years since 2001. Literally, they 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 really hadn't had used it at all. It's, it's not impossible. So, you know, we could look at it and, and say, yeah, maybe. But I think it's more likely that they want to limit the total number of defensive backs they have on the field anyway. That is Hamilton to the slot. That the you do have depth at safety now, which looks better than it did before. You have Geno Stone who's back practicing now. 
You have uh, Arthur Mollett, who I sorry, not Arthur Mollett. Uh, you have uh, Daryl Worley, who would be, I think, a reasonable choice to play strong safety at this point. He certainly looked very well positioned uh, in the fourth quarter of that preseason game. In fact, so well that he was way above the other players on the field, and you know, just knew where to be. Coverage was outstanding. Made plays on the sack. Was was there to to, to clean up. Um, just a very positive uh, day from Worley. Uh, do you have any question about who's first in the replacement of Hamilton role if you decide you want to go that way at strong safety? I mean, personally, if I had my druthers, I'd, I'd put Geno Stone there. Um, I just I think he's got the upside. He's got the range. He's He's a smart player. He... Uh, I mean, he's just done it longer and better um, than than Worley has, in my opinion. And Worley, again, has that um, ability to play outside corner. I think he's absolutely going to be needed in that rotation at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll I, I agree. And I think that that really makes more sense. And you just don't have a lot of guys with fantastic length and any kind of pedigree. And you know, Worley having had 55 starts at corner or 55 starts in total in the NFL, um, is a guy with with uh, some significant experience who played well as recently as week 18 of last year against Cincinnati. So uh, uh, it's not like that's ancient experience, and, and he certainly played well in that first preseason game. So then I think it comes down to, you know, if you're going to go ahead and go with Stevens and um, Kayvon Seymour on the outside, if those are your guys to start with, and Worley is, say, your number three, you still got to know, what your pecking order is after them. And you got to kind of got to know who the guys you keep for special teams after that. So Caillou Kelly, Jalen Armour Davis, are either of those guys possibilities for, you know, if we're going to be without Humphrey, we may as well see what we've got with these guys. Well, we need to see what we've got with these guys before we see what we've got with those guys. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, you know, Caillou Kelly did exactly what he was supposed to do with the time that he was given. Um, you're hoping that in these next two preseason games and in these joint practices that he's getting more extended looks, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Jalen Armour Davis, like, you know, not even to sort of not even, you know, la- last year's efforts were not, you know, or I should say results, not efforts, um, mm-hmm. were, were not very promising, but that was his, you know, rookie year. So, uh, but, but he hasn't been available. He hasn't been healthy. So we just, we don't know with him. Um, so we need to make sure, you know, if I'm the Ravens, to get eyes on everybody. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. With Armour Davis, the guy is still incredibly inexperienced at the position, and part of it has just been his inavailability at the pro level, unavailability, inavailability. Yeah, at the pro level, he he uh, uh, missed all of last preseason. He's missed the first preseason game this year. He only took part, I think, in four games, and one of them was just a, a special team snap or two um, in week 14 of last season, the first three games, he really got benched is, is what happened during that time. Um, and I, I, you know, I know there have been some people reporting that he's playing well in camp. Not when I've been there. I mean, I'm seeing a guy who still cannot find the football in the air. Um, who's really had a pretty poor camp. And I, I don't think he's helped his stock at all. And even when it comes down to, who is ahead, uh, J.A.D. or Kelly, I'm, I'm not sure at this point who I make my bet on. Uh, Kelly is uh, 
Uh, you know, a guy that the Ravens obviously like. He's played corner recently. He played it for quite a while at Stanford. Um, you know, it, as much as his statistics at Stanford were not good, and that's something I've bashed him for on this show a lot, um, the Ravens obviously see something they like there. And, you know, he did get a chance towards the end of the preseason game. That's nice. Um, maybe maybe he can be a guy that the Ravens turn to and and he is a, a, a better player uh, than he appeared to be at Stanford. Yeah, let's let's hope so. I mean, I I thought the secondary performed pretty admirably. I mean, I know that some folks sort of reacted negatively on on Twitter, but I I, I came away looking encouraged, feeling encouraged from that um, performance by the secondary uh, more than I thought I would be going in. Just knowing who who those guys are, right? You know, yeah. everything is in context, right? If it, if that was Marlon Humphrey out there with those results, then okay, you know. Maybe you're not thrilled, but yeah, I, I thought so too. I thought it was a good game. I thought Brandon Stevens in particular played well. Um, he was one of the guys I looked at as as having a good game. I thought Kavon Kavon Seymour was okay, um, and I thought uh, Kelly in relief was pretty good. I thought Lucian in relief was pretty good. I don't think Lucian is a guy you put on the outside. Looking back at at what he did, uh, you know, four seven forty is the reason a lot of teams were scared off. At safety, you can make up for that with instincts. Uh, and in fact, Hamilton is a four-seven guy, and and that's what you know had him drop probably a little bit in terms of his draft order. So it'd be nice to see that, but I, I just don't see him at at uh, at corner uh, for this team. The the Worley situation is a little different. Now he is an older player, and I he he basically got ruled into being a safety at the time of the draft because of a four sixty four forty. I can't believe he's that fast anymore. I mean, it's right. just, it, it would be, it'd be very hard to, to talk. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Buy that he would be uh, quite that quick anymore, which means he's probably no faster than Lucian or Hamilton, for that matter. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who's going to have to get by on press, on some of the things he can do to a receiver around the line of scrimmage and on relative positioning and, and, you know, being a smart guy playing off and cover three and all the other things he can, he can do that are not direct man for man Island coverage. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I had to guess, I think the Ravens are going to be looking at experience and communication as the, as the biggest sort of things that they're going to be looking for. You know, they're looking at a temp, hopefully a temporary situation um, where, you know, they, they just don't want anybody out there who's completely lost. Yeah. And, and that's a good point anyway, with Yasin, hopefully he's back for week one at, at a minimum, that would really alleviate a lot of the problem. If you had Yasin on one side, Hamilton in the slot stone at free safety or at strong safety and Marcus Williams, of course, at free safety, that, that looks like a lot stronger defensive backfield. If Humphrey is the only guy you're short. Um, but but just right now, it's just you, know, you throw your arms up in terms of of what's going to happen in this next preseason game. It's not critical, you know. It's it, if the streak ends, the streak ends. I, I've been saying for a while, I'd trade 
you know, one injury-free game, probably an injury-free quarter, honestly, for having the streak end. I, I, I put some value in organizationally in terms of having the, 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 the win streak be a cultural thing, but I can't put any value on it in terms of relative to injuries. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So McDonald made some comments today about uh, Hamilton moving back to the slot. Yeah, he 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 said that McDonald could, or sorry, he said that uh, Hamilton could be moved around, uh, and I can't imagine that that means anything other than being moved uh, to the slot. Um, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think I think it's you know I don't think it's a big deal for him to to to, to bring that up because it's naturally one of the you know one things that you can think of that are going to help get a lot more talent um, onto the. Uh, back end, you know, we, this is one of the deepest safety rooms in the NFL. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, getting Geno Stone and Marcus Williams and uh, Hamilton on, on the same field at the same time, I think that's going to help quite a bit. Um, and I think that uh, it'll, you know, just, you know, more, more, more playmakers in, in the back end is always a good thing. Is that a move? I mean, first of all, I don't think Hamilton should play any slots, in the, any snaps in the preseason, so to speak. So maybe I'm answering my own question here. But is that something you really need to do or think about or or even say that it's going to happen before the opener? Because Ardarius Washington's in there playing slot, played pretty well in this first game. You know, you, you can have him out there again, see how he does. Arthur Mollette might come back. Is he a guy maybe who, who could take that? That's certainly what the Ravens signed him for. I think the chance, honestly, that he makes a team is kind of low right now, given the fact that he hasn't been at camp for a long time. But what kind of timing do you have to put on assigning a slot corner for this team? I, you know, I think the Ravens should really preoccupy themselves with seeing what they have at all of those positions with those guys who are not your superstars. Um, You know, I, and firmly of the belief, you know, in, in pretty much everything that you, people don't tend to rise to the occasion. They tend to fall to their level of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I think about a lot. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, th- that you need to prepare these guys with live fire who need the preparation. Hamilton does not strike me as somebody who needs the preparation. He got plenty of live fire last year. He's doing what he needs to do at practice. So outside the organization, who do they look for? Now, Ronald Darby has been a guy that's supposedly coming in for a visit. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, but they're they're hosting him. Uh, I, I think that one of the things I've heard Harbaugh say at the podium is that the guys who are out there have to be ready to play. They have to be in shape. So while they look, well, they're still looking at people on the street. They're trying to determine um, you know, who's really ready to play. There's, and there's a fair number of people who say, they want to play another year in the NFL and they just haven't stuck with the program to, to be in shape to play. Well, they've been talking about Ronald Darby. They've also been talking about Anthony Brown, um, who I believe was with the Cowboys um, most recently. Those uh, they're apparently visiting with both of them. Um, so, you know, they're, they're looking at people who should be in NFL shape, who were, who were playing as recently as last season. Um, I, I, think from what I've seen EDC style is he, he really doesn't want to be making decisions out of desperation. I think that if EDC were to go out there and trade a premium pick for a premium guy and, and we heard about it, then we would 
then that would, should signal to you that the injury to Marlon Humphrey is much more serious than what's being being let on, um, which we don't have any information to that effect. But um, I think he's going to look look for, you know, the he's going to look at the top of the free agent class and then maybe, you know, sixth, seventh round pick trade type guys. Right. I would agree. I, th- I, I think it would be a big mistake to uh, to go out. I, the Ravens don't have either the draft capital or the cap space to really take on a, a, um, a big player. They, I mean, to, to, to go out and, you know, you hear trading for Jair Alexander is one thing that's been, been mentioned. That is a pipe dream folks. It's first, it's, it shouldn't happen. Not, not that it won't happen, but it shouldn't happen. The Ravens should not give up uh, what it would take to get an Alexander and they shouldn't be okay taking on that cap cost. And by the way, I don't mean, I don't want to beat this like the dead horse that it should be, but this keeps coming back up. You can't put all your eggs in one basket, and we're just learning another reason why with the Humphrey injury, why it is a dumb freaking idea to to gamble it all in one season because there is too much random noise in other things that happen to do that. Have a great organization that's consistent. Then you get some random noise, both positive and negative. Most random noise is negative. You're uh, you're getting bad injury news in the NFL – that, that drags your team down. But occasionally you get a developmental surprise who, who gives you a, a, a big positive unexpectedly. And, and you, you ride that little bit of, of, of a wave. But the best thing you can do is just field a great team year after year and not sabotage yourselves by trading away the future to try and succeed in a year that now there may be real trouble. And the Ravens did a good job, I think, have done a good job in general, not doing too much. Um, of that case, I was a little bit down, honestly, on the Roquan Smith trade last year. That that was a trade if uh, um, uh, Lamar had not be yet been hurt uh, when it was made. So it's a good trade from that perspective. But one thing they did with it is they assumed um, uh, the, the, the Bears assumed some of the cap cost of Roquan and the Ravens trade additional draft capital to do it. Well, you know, I, I, I generally speaking don't like that unless you're getting terrific value for that. After the trade, of course, Roquan got hurt. And I was asking people, wouldn't you rather not, would you rather reverse the Roquan trade? To me, it was obvious. Um, you, you can, if you want Roquan during the off season, you can go get him. Uh, but then they end up signing him during the season and it ended up looking like a better move uh, in part because of that. But a second and a fifth for Roquan was a lot of pocket change to give up. Those are not party favors. That is a significant component of future draft capital for the Ravens. And so uh, you, you got to look at that and, and, and really be careful. And, and the notion that the Ravens would trade a first round pick, that, that should be that should sound like blasphemy right now uh, coming out of from, from anyone to, to, to pick up a corner, to address the corner uh, position in some way, let alone to, to completely fix it. Yeah, I think the most likely way that we would come across a premium player at the position would be if it was uh, towards the trade deadline and there's a team that isn't going anywhere, they're going to go towards a rebuild Mm -hmm. and they might be selling low. Um, You know, there's a, you know, there's a possibility there um, that's a little bit more akin towards that's not exactly the circumstances towards the Marcus Peters trade, but you know, the, the the Rams knew that they were getting Jalen Ramsey, right? So there was just a circumstance that sort of like made sense for them and made sense for us. Um, but I don't think at this point we're getting anything other than sort of like we're, you know, hoping for, you know, league average play. Um, 
but you know, you, you, the first couple weeks of the season, um, you know, it's a mixed bag, right? You've got two rookie quarterbacks, so that's very helpful, right? Uh, but then you've also got the Bengals, so mm-hmm. they're going to need to, you know, come in there with a plan. McDonald's going to have to give those guys help over the top, um, and he's schemed very well against the Bengals um, uh, so far. But uh, but you know, he's really going to have to go into his bag of tricks for that one. That's week two, unfortunately for us. Yeah, yeah it's a it's terrible timing for the Ravens. <laughs> Fortunately, they do have plenty of uh, uh, unfortunately road uh, games against the division and down the stretch, but it's just awful timing to have the Bengals early in the season like that. How, how much uh, do we find out about who McDonald is? Because major elements of flexibility have been taken away from him. Uh, don't know if Bowser will be back for the start of the season. That obviously endangers the pass rush. Obviously, all of this turmoil at cornerback, a fairly significant situation. Um, how much are you look into McDonald to be the man here who can putty over some of these deficiencies? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a real opportunity for Mike McDonald to show us the type of coach that he is. You know, is he going to be a guy who tailors uh, his scheme to the players that he has available to him? Or, you know, is he going to leave, you know, Brandon Stevens and Kayvon Seymour on an island? And then when they get burned, you know, call them, you know, DoorDash drivers a couple weeks later Mm -hmm. to the media, you know, and uh, sort of shirk his responsibility. I I, I don't think it's going to be the latter. I think it'll be the former. Um, You know, what, what, Still, still has to, you know, still has to execute and still has to work. But um, I think we'll see some different things. I think he'll give him help over the top. Yeah, I, I, as a huge proponent proponent of Wink during his time in Baltimore, that that one news conference press conference when he first arrived with the Giants, talking about the DoorDash corners, it was one of the worst shirkings of personal responsibility that, that, that I've ever heard of. Now it was, I mean, that was a lot of what was really wrong was they had a lot of injuries. Just say that don't beat your coin, don't beat your players off of their, of their being, you know, guys who didn't belong in the NFL sort of thing. So uh, anyway, it was kind of frustrating, obviously, even if, uh, if some of what he was saying the underneath the humor had some truth to it. So sure. Um, uh Slava, always a pleasure talking football with you. We'll be we'll be diving in at some depth into these one topics once per week on one last thing. We look forward to uh to these shows and I I'll as I look forward to every conversation we have with you and I appreciate you being my co-host on this. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Yeah, I'm at Slava Cooperstein. That's Lava with an S in front of it. K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. I'm on Twitter at me, um, or I guess X. Uh, and, uh, you know, see, see you folks around. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, we still got time. Hit me up with a, a DM on Twitter. If you've got something you want to talk about specifically, uh, it could be a GM topic. It can be a, a franchise building philosophical topic. I always love thought experiments. If you've got one of those, and if you want to talk about anything about the current Ravens situation going into the season, that's fine as well. Uh, DM me. I, I, they're always open. I get right back to you very quickly. And I've had a number of good ideas come in lately. So I've really appreciated that, um, including a really nice uh, pod on the running back contract situation uh, that came from exactly this method. I, I absolutely love that discussion. Did you did you listen to it? Saw about by chance? I did. I did. That was a great one. I, I, I enjoyed it. The guy knew what he was talking about. Very, very well researched uh, indeed. Uh, anyway, Slava, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 